On this episode of Nonstop BS, we dive into the AFC North and take a look at each of each team's positional needs heading into the draft and then give some best bets for the NFL draft in the division. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same teams, topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or phone. Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context just to sway the listener's opinion. I, for one, am sick and tired of this type of sports media, and that's why I'm bringing you Nonstop BS. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad-thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks for multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So if this sounds like something you've been craving when tirelessly listening to people shout at you about how wrong you are from all of your favorite sports media outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Cole Lynchide, and take the journey of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment with me on Nonstop BS. What's up, everyone? How's it going? My name is Cole Lynchide. Welcome to Nonstop BS. Um, here today, we will be taking a look at another division, our last division in the AFC East, or AFC, the AFC North. Um, and we'll be taking a look at each team and look at what they're probably going to be looking toward in the draft, um, their positional needs, so on and so forth, especially if you've been listening to the last few episodes. Then, this weekend and early next week, we will dive into the NFC. We're going to pound out the NFC. We have, exactly from when I'm recording, one week until the draft. Like I said earlier in the week, um, it had been uh, chaotic last week, and so we're very flustered here trying to fit all this in. So we will finish up the NFC if we have to do longer episodes, if we have to just, if I have to just, uh, you know, release an episode per day. Um I'm going to make it work. That is for sure. So we will have all the NFC, and then we will also, this is why it's going to be crazy, we'll also have a mock draft podcast that will be released Thursday morning for you to enjoy. Um, the day before the draft, I will give you my official mock draft. We haven't dived into too, dove in, dived. We haven't dove into too many uh, players yet, and, uh, you know, I, I apologize for that, but we were doing a lot of other sports content too and stuff in March, so I didn't really get to get into it very much, and that's why I switched over to exclusively the NFL. If you did not hear that last episode, Nonstop BS is an exclusively NFC podcast uh, or NFL podcast um, until further notice. I am going that is going to change at some point um, once we get some more people involved here, but um, for right now, that's what I'm going to focus on as as long as I'm a one man show. So. Um, but yeah, regardless, we didn't get to dive into too many players. We will do that on the mock draft episode, obviously. Um, and it's good cause we'll have all the information too. I mean, there's so much, you know, that changes over the whole two months of the draft process, at least the, the fan draft process. Um, 
where we're really paying attention to these players and watching the combine. There's so much that changes and so many opinions that that change and 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 information that comes out that changes our, our opinions. So um, we will get the final. Um, <laughs> you'll get my final opinion and my final um, look at these guys before they get drafted. Literally the day, the day of the draft. Excuse me. Um, but for right now, let's dive right on into the AFC North. There was not really very much massive news around the NFL. Um, so we're not going to start off with any, any news. I'm going to get to the AFC North. It's going to be a pretty straightforward episode. Okay. Let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals come into the draft and they have a first, a second, and a third round pick. Um, as you guys remember, I'm kind of basing all this conversation off of the first three rounds. They're the, the draft picks that they have in the first three rounds. I think that's the most interesting and the most, um, notable players, obviously that, that people are, uh, most people, if you're a common NFL fan, you're, you're tuning in for the first round and then maybe the second day, maybe the second and third round, because those are the most impactful players usually. So, um, that's what we're going to focus on here. So they have a, a first round pick, a second round pick and a third round pick 20th overall, 60th overall and 92nd overall. Um, you know, the Bengals are pretty well-rounded team, but when we start off taking a look at the offense, um, the offensive line last year, they brought in a lot of players. They had a lot of new pieces on the offensive line, but I didn't see too much improvement, especially on the interior. I think I think they still have um, a need, especially at the guard position. Um, you know, in free agency, they bring over uh, tackle Orlando Brown, um, and he's obviously going to take over at left tackle. Um, and then they're going to have Jonah Williams and Lyle Collins um, compete at the right tackle position. Lyle Collins was... You know, he's, he's a good run blocker last year. He struggled in pass protection. He's been an up-and-down player his whole career. He's been one of the better tackles in the NFL at times, and he struggled at times. Um, and Jonah Williams has kind of just struggled throughout the first four years of his career. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have a probably a competition there, but either way, they have quite a bit of um, depth and starting-worthy players at the tackle position. But at the guard position, they bring over Alex Kappa last year. He was pretty good. Um, they have Ted Karras at center. He was pretty good. He was probably their best overall offensive lineman all year. But at the left guard position, they have Cordell Volson, a fourth-round pick, um, who played quite a bit last year, and he struggled a lot. So they also have Max Sharping, who they brought over from Houston. Um, and then they have sixth-round pick in 2020, still Hakeem Adeniji, who really has not had much playing time, and I don't foresee him as being an impactful player. So the guard position is something that I definitely could see them addressing on offense. Um, the only other area that they, I could see them addressing is a tight end position. And this is probably the most talked about, you know, skill position that the Bengals still need. Um, obviously they, they, uh, um, they lose Hayden Hurst in free agency. They bring in Irv Smith Jr. from the Minnesota Vikings, um, sign him to a one year, kind of prove a deal. Irv Smith Jr. has struggled to stay healthy through his whole career. Um, he's been hurt each of the last three seasons at times. Um, and even when he was healthy last year, really just didn't seem like he had taken the major steps forward that you would hope after four seasons in the NFL. So just not really anything that, um, not not really any proven um, starters at the tight end position. Um, And I I think that's a position I could see them definitely addressing early on in the draft. They also have Drew Sample, who they took in the second round in 2019. Just really has never stepped up or never lived up to what they were hoping for. But I mean, he's a good player. He, he's, he's a fine player. They just don't have anybody. They bring over Devin Asiasi from the Patriots. They don't have anybody that I see that see being their tight end one. I mean, Irv Smith Jr. has the upside, but that's it. And he's 
you know, most likely he's going to be hurt at some point in the season based on uh, history for him. So um, definitely could see them addressing the tight end position as well. Um, They still have Joe Mixon. They have Travion Williams, Chris Evans at running back. Joe Mixon, there was trade rumors, obviously, earlier on. They could address running back, I guess, if if, um, if Mixon, if they actually are planning on trading Mixon, but that's going to be kind of a surprise to everybody if that is the way they end up going. On the defensive side, this defense was much improved last season. And really, it started in the playoffs and right before the playoffs last, or in, in 2021, but overall, last season, they were one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have lost some pieces. Um, especially in the secondary. Um, they lose both their starting safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, um, and, but they do have 2022 first-round pick Dax Hill, who is projected to obviously start at one of the, at the strong safety position. Um, and then it's going to be a competition, a pretty open window at the, at the free safety. Um, definitely could see them drafting somebody there. Uh, they have Nick Scott and Brandon Wilson, Michael Thomas. Um, all those guys are pretty much all going to be able to compete for the job i think um at this point so i i, I would not be surprised again they, they drafted a safety in the first round last year it would be a shock for a team to draft especially a smart team like the bengals have been um to draft a safety in the first round two years in a row but at the same time it's it's definitely a need on their team they also could use a lot more depth at the cornerback position chidobi awuzie really good player cam Britt, uh cam taylor Britt, their second round pick last year Played pretty good when he when when in the, in the time that he played last year, and he played quite a bit. Um, he was pretty good. But outside of that, they bring over Sidney Jones from the from the Raiders, who struggled last year. Um, and then they have George Allen. They they do not have a ton of depth at corner, and I, I think that was probably their weakest position on defense last year as well. Um, so it would not be surprised to see them take another corner in the draft um, as well early on. Um, but besides that, I mean the front seven. The front seven's pretty solid. Um, they had a lot of players who just had some major improvements last year. Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, very good linebacker tandem. Uh, Trey Hendrickson had a fantastic year. Sam Hubbard had an awesome year. And DJ Reader is simply one of the best uh, defensive tackles in the NFL. Um, they also have BJ Hill, who they got from the Giants. Um, Camp Sample. They, they have a lot of depth on the defensive line. So, you know, Joseph, Os- Joseph Osai. Um, a lot of good rotational pass rushers, Terrell Basham. So I, I don't really see them going with the front seven early on in the draft. Um, I, th- I think secondary is where they're going to focus most of their energy um, with, with their early round picks. Um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, the, the Bengals are in a pretty good position um, and they just have a few holes here and there that they need to fill. But um, those are the ways that I kind of foresee them going. Um, all right, we're going to move on now to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, not very many picks. Two third-round picks. Uh, one 74th overall and 98th overall. Again, in the first three rounds. But this is a really, really deep roster. I feel like it kind of is one of the most underrated rosters in the NFL. And it's funny because a couple years ago, they were probably one of the most hyped rosters in the NFL. But do people not realize how good this team still is? I mean, I mean the, the, the Browns are still, like, they've kept their whole offensive line together. Um, they're, they're, they've drafted really, really well on defense over the past few seasons. When, when, when we get to the defense, we'll talk about it, but they're one of the deeper defenses in the NFL. Um, and then they have obviously Deshaun Watson, who I think is going to most likely take a step forward at quarterback, but, but let's start off here on the offense. First of all, receiver is definitely their weakest position and they have been taking punch it, 
taking punch after punch um, at, at trying to find a wide receiver two. When you go back two, three years, I mean, they've, they've been trying to find a wide receiver two. They really haven't had a good wide receiver two since they had um, Odell early on uh, paired up with Jarvis Landry. And some would argue that didn't even turn out to be that great of a tandem uh, in Cleveland. But they really haven't had any sort of wide receiver two that's been reliable since that pair, which has been about three, four years now. Um, Amari Cooper played fantastic for the Browns last year. Major reason why the offense um, was so good, even uh, with Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback for most of the season. Um, but, you know, between Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and and Anthony Schwartz, who they drafted in the third round in 2021, David Bell, who they drafted in the third round last year, nobody really took that major step up to give them another uh, a threat at wide receiver. Um, but they do. They are really deep in every at the other positions. Nick Chubb, obviously one of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh, David Njoku finally took a major step forward last year. I think he, I think he was honestly at least a top ten tight end in the NFL last year, and and I mean he could have been inching toward being a top five tight end. He, I mean he was just a fantastic receiving threat. They also have Harrison Bryant and Jordan Atkins, um, so they have some good depth at tight end. They trade for Elijah Moore this offseason. Now, this could be a massive, massive, massive um, addition for them, I believe. But I still don't think, because they've struggled so much at finding wide receivers, I still don't think that this is going to scare them off from drafting another one as well. I think they want to double down and try to get as deep as they can at wide receiver um, and and try to force some of these guys to step up. I mean, these third-round picks that, that they've been drafting to try to obviously... They've, they've given them a lot of starting reps, um, and I think drafting another receiver early on in the third round, or in the third round, obviously, as early as they can, um, I think that that makes a lot of sense for them, um, trying to give Deshaun Watson as many options and as, as many um, targets that he can that he can have on this offense. So, you know, the offensive line, probably the best in the NFL, if not one of the best in the NFL for sure, um, So and a lot of young players still, so I don't really see them um early with one of their early picks especially being as limited as they are if they go offense I think it's going to be wide receiver I don't think they're going to um be drafting an offensive lineman okay let's move but then moving over to the defensive side of the ball another another great roster wide receiver really the only hole really the only hole and it's not even that bad but really the only hole on the whole offense when you go over to defense I mean they're loaded uh defensive line Miles Garrett Jordan Elliott Dalvin Tomlinson they bring over from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and then Agbo Ak- Akronkwa, which, funny name, I know, but if you don't know who this guy is, um, he was rotting away on the Texans over the last few years. He is one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL. They bring him over um, on, on a deal in free agency, and I think it's a fantastic signing by the Browns. Um, and then the linebacker position, Anthony Walker's turned into one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, and in, in his first two years, has been a really good player, and I think he's going to take another step forward this year. I think this is a guy that uh, is still really young and 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 has so much just ability as being a um, you know you know a linebacker in coverage, uh, a pass rusher. He's so fast, he's so uh, twitchy. He's just such a good athlete too. So, um, and then Jacob Phillips, who struggled last year, um, but Sion Takitaki played really good for them um, as well last year. So they're really deep in the front seven. The secondary, um, Martin Emerson, their third-round pick last year at cornerback, played really, really well, and uh, I, I think that 
they're pretty they they have pretty good faith that he's gonna that he's gonna be able to win that uh, opposite starting corner job from Denzel Ward. Grant Delpit's been a really good player at safety. Um, they bring over Juan Thornhill. He's a fantastic player. Um, and then Greg Newsom's been a really good draft pick for them. Their first round pick in 2021. So, you know, the starters, I mean, they're pretty freaking deep all around on defense. The only thing I could see this team doing is it, it that, that makes a lot of sense. If they're going to go defense early on is taking another edge rusher. This is a defense that has prided themselves on being one of the best pass rushing units in the NFL and, and trying to find somebody who's going to be able to be a rotational pass rusher. They're, they're not the most deep behind um, Akronkwa and Miles Garrett. So I think finding somebody else who can be a rotational pass rusher would make a lot of sense for them if they're going to go defense early on. Okay, let's move on now to the Baltimore Ravens. Another team that, I mean, between the Browns and the Ravens, I think these are probably two of the most underrated rosters in the NFL. Um, you know, it seems like... Obviously, this offseason, and, and rightfully so to a degree, uh, it seems like it's the end of the world in Baltimore. But, like, it's all coming to an end. If Lamar gets traded, this team's going to completely rebuild. The Ravens are... St- <laughs> I, I don't understand, and this is a team... I, you know, I've talked with friends about this before. The Ravens are one of the best-ran organizations in all of sports. And the way that you know it is... <laughs> This is this is a team that seems to lose about three to four impact starters every single offseason. And then when we get to f- training camp and when we start looking at these preseason rosters, you look at the Ravens and it's like they lost nobody. They're, they're, they're still one of the deepest teams in the NFL. I, I don't I don't understand how they're able to continually, especially on the defensive side of the football, continually draft players over and over and over again. I mean, it's 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 insane how good this team drafts and how good this team um, identifies where they're going to let players walk and and who they're going to bring in to replace those players and the positions that they draft. Um, they, they just make so many smart decisions and so many good decisions, and uh, um, it's led to another really good roster. So let's start going over it on the offensive side of the football. Okay, we're gonna for this exercise and and for the draft right now. Until Lamar gets traded, he's a Baltimore Raven. He's on the franchise tag, okay? So we have to assume right now he's a Baltimore Raven. I know this all could change very quickly when the draft comes around, but he is a Baltimore Raven. So starting off, if you have Lamar, the running back position is still very good. One of the better running back, one of the better running offenses in the NFL. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, um, and Justice Hill, who's been... You know, good in spurts. They they have good depth at running back. I don't really see them drafting someone early on. Oh, for or picks for the Ravens didn't even go over it. A first round pick and a third round pick. They have the um they have the twenty second overall pick in the first round and the eighty sixth overall pick in the third round. Okay, I don't see them going running back. Their offensive line: Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses came over last year from the Jets. Um, one of, one of the best tackles in the NFL last year, really good rebound season for Morgan Moses. Um, so between him and Stanley, one of the better tackle duos in the NFL, Ben Cleveland's been a really good draft pick for them. Third round pick two years ago. Uh, and Kevin Zietler, um, had a really good rebound year as well last year. Um, after coming over from the giants, uh, and, and struggling in, in a, in a stint with the giants and then Tyler Lindenbaum first round pick last year for them. One of the better one of the better offensive linemen in the whole draft last year. 
uh, if not the best. So Ravens really, really stout on the offensive line. Could use some depth. I don't see them doing that early on. Uh, tight end, obviously Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, who I think is one of the more underrated rookies of last season. I mean, this guy is behind Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, if in top three tight end in the NFL. Um, Isaiah Likely is someone that I think, if he was in a different situation, would be looked at already in year two as one of the young budding stars at the tight end position, the wide receiver tight end hybrid um, position in the NFL. So really good depth at tight end. The only, again, just like the Browns to a degree, with the wide receiver position. If they go offense, they're going to address the wide receiver position. Rashad Bateman coming off of a season-ending injury, um, and he's been good in spurts, but he has not really been um, reliable. and He's not really ever shown a spark yet that he can be that true number one for them. Really good player, I think, but but not has, hasn't lived up to being that first-round pick that they, they need to come in and be their superstar. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about it earlier. He has not played a full season in over two years. So relying on Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman seems risky as your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, with nobody that you would feel comfortable as being a starter behind them. This is where they've struggled in the past. The Ravens are always one of the most injured teams in the NFL, especially at the receiver position, and they don't have very good depth. Between Devin DuVernay, Tylen Wallace, uh, James Prochet, you know, these are all fine players as backups, but if the, any of them come in as your wide receiver one, two, or three, uh, it's going to be issues as it's been in the past. Nelson Aguilar comes over from the Patriots, had a really good year with them last year. Uh, I think he's a good third receiver for them, but finding another receiver and finding somebody to to be that wide receiver one for the future, I think that would be um, that would make a lot of sense for the Ravens, especially where they sit. I think they're going to be able to draft one of the top five receivers in the draft. Um, one of those guys, one of the guys that a lot of people are predicting whether it's Zay Flowers or, um, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get Quentin Johnson or, or, or Jordan Addison, but po- possibly Jordan Addison. So if they can get somebody like that, I would not be surprised at all to see them go wide receiver. Really the only major t- need at this point, again, at this point, uh, on the offensive side. When we switch over to the defensive side, though, still, like I said, a, just a freaking loaded roster. I don't understand how the defense is as good as it is, especially in the front seven. Um, Michael Pierce and Broderick Washington. Broderick Washington, pretty good player. Um, not not a guy that a lot of people know, but an- another fifth-round pick that they've turned into a good player. Um, just like Michael Pierce, he was a uh, undrafted free agent who has turned into one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. Um, unfortunately, only when he's a Baltimore Raven. As, as a Minnesota Viking fan, he never really panned out with us, but he goes back to Baltimore last year as a, a really, really good season. Uh, and then on, on on the edge, I mean, they get rid of Justin Houston. They, they've gotten rid of so many players on the edge, but they've drafted so well. Uh, Adafi Away, their first-round pick in 2021, had a fantastic season for them last year. David Ajabo in the second round last year um, played good. I expect him to have a lot more playing time. And then Justin Matabuki, um, this is a guy they drafted in the third round in 2020 and took a major step forward last year. Um, I, I, you know, they have a lot of good young pass rushers. I would not, I would not be shocked though, because of how this team is built and they understand the most important positions and that drafting them early on is how you sustain success. I would not be surprised to see them take an edge rusher in the first round. Um, although it's not by far, it's definitely not their biggest need. Uh, linebacker, they're maybe the best in the NFL, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, um, and they have Malik Harrison, Tyce Bowser. 
um, who's also a situational pass rusher and plays some on the edge. Um, kind of a, just a gadget player, really, really good player. Um, they're loaded on the front seven. The secondary and the cornerback position uh, specifically is where I, I would be, when you look at this whole roster, offense and defense. With that first-round pick, I would be shocked if they go anywhere else besides corner unless the corners just get, um, unless there's just a massive run on corners right before they pick. In which case, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade down. This is a team also that um, is known for trading down in the draft quite a bit. So, and I know, you know, um, their general manager has only been there a couple years at this point. So it's not like he has a bunch of of these long-term, but it's an organizational view. And and, and John Harbaugh is still there. Like, I I still think that they're a really well-ran and and there's a lot of the same heads in, in how they make these decisions. Um, I would not be surprised to see them trade back and try to pick up a corner um, at a spot that's valuable for them. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, still there. Outside of that, they've gotten rid of about everybody. They have a 2021 first-round pick, Brandon Stevens, who has very limited playing time, and 2020 and last year fourth-round pick, Demarion Williams, um, who struggled a lot last year in his playing time that he had. Um, at, at the safety position, they have Marcus Williams, had a really good year last year coming over from the Saints. And then Kyle Hamilton, who was maybe the best. I mean, he, you know, he didn't win it, and he's he wasn't gonna. But he he was easily a top five defensive rookie last year, um, and probably one of the best players on this Ravens defense. Um, so so they're really, obviously set at safety. Darius Washington also a pretty good player um, as a as a depth guy. So cornerback uh, is the major need on the Ravens, and really the only major need at the moment. Okay. Let's move on to our last team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, not not your typical Steelers. And they had a really good resurgence last year after starting off, I believe it was 2-6 and six and finishing off 9-8. and eight. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but that's just off the top of my head. Um, but just, I mean, they, they definitely went on a massive run at the end of the season last year, and a lot of the young players on offense took major steps forward as the season went on um, for them to do that. We start off here on the offensive line, and you know the offensive line kind of went last year how the team went, how I just said. They started off really, really shaky, really bad. A team, a unit that they had cleaned house over the last couple of years, um, getting rid of a lot of guys who had been there a long time. Really good players. Obviously, the Steelers always known for um, being one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, and drafting really good and 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 uh, just having a really good offensive line unit. Uh, over Mike Tomlin's tenure, well, that has changed over the last. That had changed over the last couple years. Um, but they bring in a lot of players to try to last year be fill-ins for a year or two, um, and see how it goes. And they're sticking with a couple of those. Mason Cole at center played pretty good for them last year. Um, you know, J- Jason Dan- or James Daniels, uh, who came over from the Bears, played pretty good as well. Um, and then Akafor, their tackle, uh, their right tackle. Um, you know, a lot of guys who were, were good for them last year. I don't think that they're long-term solutions. And a team like this, um, uh, the Steelers that pride themselves on being able to run the football, they have a running back they have a lot invested in, in Najee Harris. Um, I, I would, it, offensive line makes a ton of sense for the Steelers in the position that they're in, trying to build an offense around Kenny Pickett. And they have some good young receivers, good young playmakers, Pat Fryermuth, you know, Najee Harris, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. Uh, it seems like you'd want to get him protected. So I think 
If they identify a tackle, it would not shock me at all if that's who they take in the first round. And on the offensive side of the football, that and probably wide receiver. Um, I just mentioned Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Really, really good young duo. Um, They're pretty weak besides that. They have last year's fourth-round pick, Calvin Austin, who not really don't know too much about him at this point. Um, Gunnar Olszewski, who they brought over from the Patriots, and then Cody White, an undrafted free agent in 2020, uh, amongst a few other guys who they've picked up, you know, Anthony Miller, Des Fitzpatrick, some guys um, that they picked up off the back end of rosters um, on other teams over the last couple years. So, you know, just not very not very much depth behind Pickens and Deontay Johnson, um, and I could definitely see them later on here, as I'm realizing that I forgot to go over the draft picks for the Steelers as well. I could see them definitely with one of their two second-round picks, uh, taking another wide receiver, as they seem to always do, uh, draft second-round receivers and <laughs> just recycle them. I, it's insane how the Steelers do it. When you think about all the different receivers that they've had over the last 10 years and how many second especially second, but second and third round picks that they've had that have turned into really, really good players. Um, I would not be shocked to see them do that again also. Um, let me go over before we start on the defense, as I just said I forgot to do. Um, the Steelers have four picks in the first three rounds, including the 17th overall in the first round, the 32nd overall in the second round. Um, that is obviously due to the Miami Dolphins forfeiting their first round pick. Um, and then they have the 49th overall in the second round and the 80th overall in the third round. Okay, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. So offense, they're going offensive line most likely, um, but I also could see them taking receivers with the, either one of their first two, one of their two seconds or the third round pick. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, it's probably one of the weakest Steelers defense defenses heading into um, a draft that I've ever seen. I mean... They've got issues at places, um, mostly not on the front seven. So defensive line, Cameron Hayward still had one of the better years um, of any defensive interior defensive lineman in the NFL last year, and it's pretty insane that he keeps doing it, but, you know, he's he's still really, really strong. Um, they got Larry Ogunjobi now. Uh, this is his second year with the Steelers, and uh, a guy who I think they expect to take a step, another step forward this, next year. Um, kind of had a rough year last year overall, but, um, th- overall they're, they're okay at defensive tackle and defensive end nose tackle Montrevis Adams and Breeden Fihoko, who has been on and off of the chargers practice squad over the last few seasons. That's who's competing in nose tackle. Another position that they definitely need to address in some way, shape or form, uh, before the season starts. So nose tackle, another possible position I could see them go for early on in the draft. Linebacker, they've got Cole Holcomb, Landon Rogers, who they bring in, um, replacing Devin Bush and a cast of different characters that they had starting last year at linebacker. Um, Cole Holcomb, really good player. I, I think that's going to be a good fit for them. Landon Roberts has kind of been an up-and-down player, um, but not too much depth. Again, at linebacker, they do not have very much depth. So um, could definitely see them see them drafting a linebacker at some point in the draft. And then at edge, TJ, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, hard to get much better than that. So um, the real issue is in the secondary. So this is another secondary that has lost player after player after player, and they've replaced them with some players, but they have not replaced them with starter-level players overall. So they have Levi Wallace still, and he had a good year for them last year. 
They have Arthur, Arthur Mollett. They have um, James Pierre. Guys who played decent but have not ever had a full-time starting role. And I just don't think that they're going to go into an go into a season with Levi Wallace and an aging, declining Patrick Peterson being your only starting two corners. I mean, this is a secondary that struggled mightily last year. And you lost your best player in Cameron Sutton to free agency, and you replace him with a thirty going to be 33-year-old Patrick Peterson. Just doesn't seem like you're going to make that many massive improvements. Cornerback is another position. Cornerback and offensive tackle, these are the two positions that I think the Steelers are going to be trying to address with their first-round pick. Um, and neither one would shock me. They're both the two favorites, as we're going to go over when we go over some bets for this division. They're both the two favorites to be their first position that they draft. Um, but, but yeah, these are the biggest two needs by far on the Steelers. Uh, Keanu Neal and Minka Fitzpatrick gives them a pretty good safety tandem. Miles Kilbrew is a guy who on the on the uh, Lions played pretty well last year, and then Demonte Kazi, a guy who um, played for the Cowboys, has played for the Falcons in the past. Um, and I think they have pretty good depth at safety. Um, so, yeah, cornerback and offensive line seem to be the main positions that the Steelers need to address with their early picks. Okay. Let's go over our best bets, and then we're going to wrap this one up. It's kind of a quick just AFC North episode. That's how a lot of these are going to be as I'm trying to squeeze episodes in here before the draft. So um, hopefully you guys are enjoying all these segments we done, we're, we've done, we been doing. But um, let's conclude the AFC here with some best bets heading into the draft for the AFC North. Okay, the only ones that I have for this division, again, are first player to be drafted. It's just... Unless unless teams are going after quarterbacks or have early round picks, it's hard to identify draft picks when it's not live in the draft um, for certain teams or for certain divisions. So this is kind of what we got for right now, especially for you know this division, the AFC, some of the better teams in the NFL. Um, th- th- this is what we got. So anyways, I found a few that I identified that I think are good value. So as I pull up my sportsbook here so that I can... Um, tell you guys the markets. Uh, I want to let you guys also know if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you follow me. I have bets in all sorts of sports um, that I give out on Twitter, and I also you can follow me on the Action app. So on Twitter, you can follow me at Lynchide Cole, um, and then on the Action app, you can follow me at Cole underscore Lynchide. Um, please also follow the podcast on Twitter at Nonstop BS Pod. Uh, try to interact with as many people as I can, and especially when games are going on, when we're betting, when we're watching sports, I, I try to be on Twitter as much as I can to interact with all of you guys, um, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure you're following me there. Okay, so we will start off with a bet for the, Cins- yes, the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals market um, on the sportsbook that I was, I've been looking at um, has... First, a position of team's first drafted player. Tight end is the favorite at plus 150. Cornerback, plus 250. Offensive line, plus 350. Defensive line, edge, plus 750. Running back, 800. And then a bunch of long shots. I think tight end. Now, bear in mind, the Bengals have the 28th overall pick at the moment. I think a tight end at 28th overall. There are a few tight ends that could go at the back end of the draft. But drafting a safety early on last or in the, with their first pick last, last year, Daxon Hill, and then drafting a tight end 
um, with their first pick this year, when they already have one of the better wide receiver rooms in the NFL, Joe Mixon, it it doesn't make a lot of sense when you've had an offense offensive line that struggled to the degree that it has, and you have a lot of other major needs. We talked about cornerback. Cornerback is a major need for this team. I don't think tight end should be the favorite. I think this is a super, super vulnerable favorite in this market. So trying to identify what makes the most sense when you look at position that they're in, they're going to miss the major run on offensive linemen, I think, being it's typically earlier than the 28th overall pick. Um, but this is usually a hot spot for um, some of the some of the like third to, to sixth best cornerbacks in the draft. I'm gonna take plus two fifty for the corner for the Bengals to draft a cornerback with their first pick. Major need makes a lot of sense where they're positioned, um, and I just don't think that they're gonna draft a tight end in the first round. I, I just don't see this team in the position that they're in, um, drafting and, and going kind of all in on their offensive skill players when they've already done that uh, with Jamar Chase being aggressive with him and, and passing an offensive lineman with him. I don't see them doing that again for a tight end. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and this is a. An organization that I feel like has been pretty smart with how they've drafted and built this team in, re- in recent history. So cornerback makes a lot more sense. Um, and like I said, where they're at in the draft, 28th overall makes a lot of sense for cornerbacks. There'd be a run on them at that point. Okay, next one that I've got for you. I think I've only got two bet. Yeah, I only have two bets. The next, the last one that I have is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So when we go down to the Steelers market, we have... Um, cornerback is the favorite plus 110 offensive line is second at plus 130 um, and then edge rusher defensive line is plus 425 and then all the other ones are long shots so basically they're telling you cornerback and offensive linemen are pretty much even but the two favorites at plus 110 plus 130 and then edge rusher would not shock them either or defensive lineman now I don't think a defensive lineman would shock me either but I think plus 425 is pretty short with how major how major of a need they have um, along the offensive line and at the quarterback position listen this is a team that right now they're clearly clearly trying to build this offense up and give Kenny Pickett every chance that he can possibly have uh, every, every tool that he possibly could need on offense the offensive line is the major issue at this point I, I, 17th overall, they're going to have a shot to either trade up or trade back and acquire one of the better offensive tackles in the NFL or in the, in the, in the draft this year. I think the Steelers, knowing what the Steelers have done in the past, I think that cornerback at that point in the draft, while it wouldn't shock me, I think that it's, it should not be even and corner should definitely not be the slight favorite, but these should not be nearly as close as they are. When you look at plus 110, plus 130. Uh, the fact, <clears throat> honestly, the fact with the Steelers and how major of needs they have, I think the fact that you're getting plus money at all on offensive line to be the first position that they draft is pretty ridiculous. To me, this makes a lot more sense to be minus 130 or minus 110. So I'm going to play the Steelers to draft an offensive lineman at plus 130 uh, with their first pick that they have in the draft. Um, the the other market I did want, the, the Ravens market, I, I just, you know, Corner cornerback minus one twenty. So I talked about how deep this team is and how cornerback would make so much sense for them. They've lost so many players at corner and they don't really have anybody besides Marlon Humphrey that they fully trust. Minus one twenty, 
that is a short price for a team that also is going to be sitting in a hot spot for wide receivers to be going in the draft. Um, Wide receivers plus 200. I I just think the market's right. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think minus 120 for a cornerback, rightful favorite. You're not getting plus money for it. If if this was plus 100, I would bet cornerback for the Ravens. So if that does move, um, I, I I would definitely bet cornerback. Um, but, but I just think it all makes a lot of sense. This whole market makes a lot of sense. Now, if you wanted to take a long shot price, um, on the, on the Ravens, no, I don't even like that. Plus 400 for an edge rusher or defensive lineman. Honestly, yeah, the market just looks right. Quarter quarterback doesn't look right because I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. Um, whether they trade for, they trade Lamar or not. I just don't see this team taking a quarterback and plus 800, eight to one on them to draft a quarterback seems like a ridiculous price. But, um, you know, if they, if they trade Lamar, they're going to roll with Tyler Huntley or they're going to trade for another player. Like if they're going to try to be aggressive and win with this team, they're going to trade for another player. I don't, I don't really see them, you know, I, again, then I say that and I think, well, if they trade them on draft night to get to fourth or third overall, they're probably all they're probably going to draft a quarterback. So I guess eight to one makes sense. I I guess forget this whole Ravens market. It makes too much sense. We're done. We're done here. Okay. I will be back sometime this weekend. <laughs> probably Saturday morning with another episode for you guys. Um, and we'll start on the NFC and then we will pound out the NFC episodes all the way up until the draft. And remember, on Thursday morning, I will have a mock draft episode up for you guys. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of Nonstop BS. My name is Cole Lunchide, and we will see you this weekend with the NFC. Peace out. felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the saris like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and